with the third pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the San Francisco 49ers select Trey Lance, quarterback. They did the right thing. They drafted the bigger, stronger, more athletic, significantly higher upside in Trey Lance. Yeah, I'm relieved that they draft Trey Lance because none of us, at least I'll speak for myself, we couldn't wrap our minds around taking Mac Jones. Why are they doing that? It seems like a Jimmy, just cheaper and younger. It's If you break up with your long-term girlfriend, you don't find someone who's exactly the same. You're going to find yourself a freak. And I think that they did. You're saying if you're breaking up with that person, go find yourself a freak. Mm -hmm. Go find somebody that can spice it up. (laughs) And that's what they did. Fifty Shades of Trey. This might be the true love of Kyle Shanahan. They arrived at the right guy, which was Trey Lance. Competitive instincts out the wazoo. I love the player. And it's a hell of a quarterback, and this is someone that I believe in and uh, I want to go to work with. Hey, Trey Lance. What's going on? You ready to do this thing, man? Welcome, welcome to the 49ers, buddy. It's going to be Trey Lance, and we're going to the end zone. Touchdown! San Francisco! All right, I believe we are live. We had some technical difficulties there for a second, but that is okay. It says live on my screen. I'm assuming we're live. I'm looking at myself on Twitter right now. I think we are live. This is the Sprint Ride Option Podcast. I am Andrew Pasquini. I got Jason Aponte to my top right. Uh, as you guys can see, we got a couple of guests, uh, recurring guests, we're going to call them. It is Brian and Tim of the Denim Dungeon Podcast. I got it right this time, guys. Nailed it. The last time I forgot and I felt really, <laughs> really bad. Uh, Jason, how are you doing on this lovely? Uh, we talked like 24 hours ago, but how are you doing on this lovely Friday? Great. And also, just for people that don't understand, this is a Blue Wire Hustle meets Blue Wire Hustle podcast as well, too. So oh. that is kind of special. So that's got to that's gotta feel good um, on both our parts. But everything's good. Uh, two days away from football. And thank God, I feel like a kid at Christmas right now. Yeah, hey, the, the Buccaneers are 1-0. and They they are the best team in football right now. Uh, fun game last night. That was and fun. And the Cowboys Hopefully. are the worst. And yes. the Cowboys are the worst. We like that as a 49ers <laughs> podcast uh tim i'll start with you how are you doing i'm doing good man um guys it's great to great to see your faces we chatted a bit today uh on text message and kind of preparation for this evening and i gotta tell you it was highlight of my day um i love my job i love what i do but man you guys are hilarious you kept me laughing and it was good times man so i'm excited to be here thanks for having us really really appreciate it Thank you for reading the script I told you to say in the text. I really appreciate it. Thank <laughs> Got you. it. Uh, Brian, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing good. I uh, I realized the last time that uh, that we were together, the 49ers moved up to three and drafted their backup quarterback. So that, huh. was, uh, that was the last time. So yeah. here we are. And like you said, two days away, uh, we had some real football last night. Um, and then, you know, we've got it's funny with our podcast, uh, Andrew and I, I, I have, a, I feel like a kindred spirit with Andrew. We're like beautifully bearded baseball boys and you guys are our, you know, our football counterparts. And so uh, it's exciting to be here with a fellow uh, fan of the uh, San Francisco Giants who just got their 91st win today against the Cubs. No 91st oh, must be nice. It is. Yeah. It's real nice. <laughs> 
hey, man, don't sell me short, dude. I'm a Giants fan too. I love it. I know. I was I about know. to say. Yeah, but you shaved the beard, so you're 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 out of that group. I, so. All right, here's the deal. At work, we're doing like a fundraiser, and for the parent organization, I have to dress up like Peter Pan. So I had to I had oh, to go okay. clean shaven. Oh. It could have been Peter Pan away. with a beard, just that, easily. That, that's just weird. That's just weird. <laughs> could have just been. Um, I'm here too long in Neverland, Peter Pan. Like, get me out of here. <laughs> Yeah, so so yesterday, Jason and I, we, we gave you our Lions Niners preview. I believe I had 42 to 17. Jason had 28 to 17 because he he wants to believe what the media says with the Kyle Shanahan week one struggles. Me? I don't just perpetuate get- narratives. I make them up. Good grief! <laughs> uh, but today we're we're just gonna preview, just kind of give you thoughts on the whole season. Uh, we're the, this isn't the Lions. We're not gonna really talk about the Lions. This is gonna be what we think is gonna happen over the course of seventeen games. Hopefully more. Hopefully That's they weird. play at least twenty. I, I man, I had this whole thing. One of my coworkers, he's a he's a uh, oh, what's the team in Denver? Bron- Broncos fan. And he goes, yeah, 10 and 7. And like, is 10 wins even a playoff team now? Like, is 10 and 7 the number? Mm. Is 11 and 6? Like, what Like, what are we doing? And, and he, he's like, what do you mean it's 10 and 7? I'm like, I don't know. It's seven. You could tell me the Niners are going to go 10 and 7. I don't know if that's good enough for the playoffs. We don't know. Well, if you're in the NFC East, 10 wins is definitely a playoff team. Um, but <laughs> I, I don't I, – I, 10 wins for the Niners this year seems short. I would, I would put their over-under at 12, personally. Ooh. That's kind of where I – I see if I'm a betting person, if I'm Vegas, I'm putting them. I would personally put them at 12 uh, because that's kind of that line where going 13 is that's a that's a heck of a season. And uh, 11 kind of feels a little short, just a little bit uh, underachieving, if I will, for for the 49er team, if they can stay healthy this year. So for me, 12 is that is that magic number of 12 is the magic. number. Okay, well, that's a little foreshadowing because we will give our season predictions. Uh, Tim, I want to start with you though, because I think you are the most well-equipped person to answer this question on 49ers Twitter as my quarterback coach as well. Um, is, is the two quarterback thing, like, do you think that's something that can be sustainable throughout a 17 game season? Is, is that something that you think can be something that works? Because we, we've seen it kind of before with, Taysom Hill and Drew Brees, which that really wasn't what this was. I know the Cowboys did it when they had, uh, Staubach and the other one, I forget. I wasn't alive in the 70s. Um, but this one feels like a true platoon where, where there's kind of a rhyme and reason to why Shanahan's making the shift. Is the two-quarterback thing going to be a sustainable thing the Niners can do? Well, well, first off, I want to say that when you said I'm the most well-equipped, I thought you were going to mention your sponsor with Manscaped, and oh. I was going to jump right on that. <laughs> but I, I digress to the quarterback situation. Um a, a two a two quarterback uh, platoon system for the the length of the season, in my opinion, is not sustainable. I think for the betterment of the team, but I do think it does provide the opportunity for Trey Lance to be able to get into his groove, his rhythm, understand the offense, feel comfortable at his own pace. Uh, I do feel like Jimmy Garoppolo is a very capable starter in the NFL. He is not going to knock your socks off. He's not going to wow you. But what he will do if he can stay healthy is he is a great um, manager of the game. Not I'm not going to call him a game manager. I'm going to say he understands the flow of the game. He's able to make the correct reads so that the, they can check into correct runs for the most part. And, and then he's very good on third down. Um, his accuracy has always been an issue in terms of leading receivers. And he kind of leaves them kind of out to dry sometimes and gets some guys hurt. 
He needs to improve upon that, but he's good on third down and his quick release really helps. So early in the year, I want to see Trey Lance be put into situations where he can be very, very successful. That I think that's key. Against the Lions, there is no need to put Trey Lance out. I would like to see Trey Lance go out five to eight snaps in very, very uh, successful opportunities. Uh, completion, like high completion percentage opportunities or uh, a situation where he feels like he, he can make the correct read or or have some positive outcome. Because uh, it's just my opinion. I've played in a system in college um, for a little while. I did platoon with another guy. Um, I would get a quarter. The other guy would get a quarter. Uh, and it was hard to get the flow of the game. And, and sometimes you would feel like you're really in rhythm. And then all of a sudden, just as you're starting to to feel it, the next guy goes in and gets some reps. But it ultimately comes down to what are the two guys' attitudes going to be? And and I feel like they're both team first guys. Uh, I feel like no matter what happens moving forward, Shanahan has at least that part correct at this moment. So it's Jimmy. It's Jimmy's season to start. I think he could lose his job in the first two weeks. Um, the 49ers should run the table. They should roll uh, Detroit and they should roll Philadelphia. There shouldn't be any question about that. So if the 49ers find themselves in some trouble, I think the trouble will come from the quarterback position, at least on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, and, and you, you actually hit the nail on the head. What I was going to ask about next is, is what it would do with the flow of like what the quarterback – and you said you said going out every quarter mess with your flow a little bit. I'd assume with what the Niners are doing, where if it's anything like the third preseason game, going in, in the middle of drives probably does that more so as well too, right? Well, it depends on the situation because if, if you're going in and you specifically know what you're looking for and you have – either a run pass situation or a certain yardage situation, you know you're going to go out with a certain personnel group. You can kind of game game plan for that, and you can be ready to to kind of be implemented into that, find success, and then come out where you don't have the, the whole scope of everything. Um, I think it, it's we would see problematic if we see one guy really get going, and then he's just pulled and the other guy's inserted into the offense for for multiple plays, whether or not he's successful or not. That's very good insight, and then that, that's exactly why I had that question for you. You are the quarterback expert here, and and Jason and I have given thoughts. Jason, I know you you feel like it's something that that can be done well, right? It can be. I mean, we we have a bit of a blueprint. You know, the the like you said, the, the Taysom Hill thing and Jameis Winston thing. That's not the same thing because again, the predictability. When Taysom Hill's on the field, that means it's ninety nine percent chance that it's a run, and at one time that it's a pass, you're blown away at the fact that he even threw the ball. No, Trey Lance doesn't have that, and Trey Lance should offer that sort of pressure on a defense. And we have that blueprint with Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick, I believe. When you get to when you get to the red zone and you know Cap runs his own read and that and, and you saw what happened when they were in the red zone with uh Debo running one way, most of uh standing there with the belly, the defense is frozen. And I think that's kind of where he can get in where he fits in. But this whole idea of flipping them in and out play for play, it kind of concerns me for both guys because neither of them can get into the flow. But if you're talking about one or two plays in the red zone and both of them being run plays where it's going to be very hard for the defense to you know, adjust and figure out where the ball is going because of all that motion and attacking all the four principles, then why not? And I think that that can work. Is this sustainable? I don't know. Um, but again, they're not going to need that against the Lions. 
I think if it's a high leverage situation, let's say in week three, where you really badly need a touchdown and you really you don't you don't have the confidence in the offense to get it done right there with just Jimmy Garoppolo, then go for it. But it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Again, the Trey Lance, I don't want to say it happened at the best time, his his little chip in the finger, but they're not going to need him for the first two weeks. So if Jimmy Garoppolo goes out there and plays. They should win both games handily if they want to give him a rest and not even put him in harm's way. Yeah, and Brian, uh, I'll finish with you because you you mentioned how you know with the last time we talked was the draft and they 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 <laughs> they drafted their backup quarterback yeah. at three. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll ask you the question that I've kind of been avoiding on this podcast: <laughs> When do you, it? When or if uh, do, do you think the change will be made where where the keys are fully given to Trey Lance? <clears throat> I mean, I. Both Tim and I write for Forty Nineers Web Zone. I know uh, Jay got to start there as well, or at least. I don't, yeah. I don't want to call no, it a start, yes. but anyway. Yes. But, and we had a round table where they asked that question and my initial response, and this was uh, towards the beginning of camp was um, it was weak. Uh, it was the, uh, the bears game. And the reason being was because that was the first uh, game after the trade deadline. And to me, the, I honestly, I still think the best case scenario for the 49ers and their future uh, success is that Jimmy plays, Jimmy plays well. And Jimmy increases his uh, trade uh, value to the point where there could be a team uh, at that point during the during the season that uh, looks to make that trade midseason. Um, I don't know if there are a ton of uh, teams right now that would be willing to take on uh, Garoppolo's contract because, you know, honestly, the more you look at, at Jimmy's game, the more you realize, uh, like Tim said, he, he's a game manager and he's good at it. I'm not saying that he's not good at it, mm-hmm. but I mean, let's look at, let's just look at the game that was uh, on our TV screens last night. And that was Tampa Bay versus Dallas. Uh, Tampa Bay had in 2019 and 2020, the number one rush defense in the NFL, which is why Zeke, which is why Zeke did nothing last night, because I imagine that their run defense is still as good. So now the 49ers are a team that relies upon their run game. If you come up against Tampa Bay and they're stuffing your run game, what do you need? You need a dynamic passing game. The the, the Cowboys have that, and we saw Dak go off, right? Because yeah. the one place that right now in week one that, that the Buccaneers are uh, weak in is at, at, at the cornerback position. And the Cowboys have CD, they have Amari Cooper, they have Michael Gallup, and you know they have, they have a dynamic uh, passing attack. And they almost beat the Bucks. They should have beat the Bucks. Um, Jason's favorite position lost the game for, uh, for, oh, for the oh, for the Cowboys. Right? They should that. have. They should have won that game by one. Right? They yeah. should have forced uh, Tom Brady to drive down the field and score a touchdown. And he may have, but regardless of that, that game should have been won by the Cowboys. And so, Jimmy Garoppolo does not provide the 49ers with a dynamic passing attack as it currently stands. Um, there have been glimpses of it, you know, and we look at the game against uh, New Orleans in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. We look at that game against the Cardinals on Halloween, where that was definitely games where Jimmy Garoppolo led that team to a win, right? But outside of those games, uh, you know, when is the last time we saw a game like that? You know, he had that that throw, that miraculous throw against uh, LA uh, to win at the end of the season. And then he capably led the offense uh, against Seattle, but Again, uh, I believe in that game he had zero touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I really think that as it stands right now with with Garoppolo getting the start in week one, I almost think that for Shanahan, it gives him an opportunity to be like, look, look at these two teams that we played. We should have lit the scoreboard up. And if we don't, 
I think that actually gives him a small window to be like, Hey, let's go to Trey. Let's see what we get with him. Um, does the finger, does the finger issue, uh, slow that down? Maybe a little bit, maybe we can't look to week three, um, because that's a huge game, but if it, I think Jimmy has the shortest of leashes in uh, in this season, and if he's if he's showing anything like he did at the beginning of last season against that against that Cardinals defense, then you know I think we could see Trey earlier than than later. You know the funny thing is too is that there is a world where Jimmy Garoppolo could struggle and they would be two and zero. There's yeah. a world that that happens, yeah. and then you know, and then do you have to make a decision going into that home opener? Okay, we've won both of these games, but do we have enough from him to beat the Packers? Which you know, you're gonna throw 2019 out. I'm tired of everybody just saying, "Oh, we own the Packers." No, no, no. This is a whole new year. This is third year with Aaron Rodgers. Don't ever take them lightly at all, especially in a home opener. So I think that's gonna be very interesting. And you're absolutely right. Like every overthrow. Every underthrow, every interception, or no, no throw. Oh, Jesus. Yep. And that's it. That's when everything's going to start. The chatter is going to start. And those are going to be the questions that are going to be asked because you know Jimmy has one or two of those, like Andrew calls it, oh, no, no throws. Oh, no, no, no. And it depends on whether they catch it on the defense or they just drop it. Um, So, yeah, he does. He, he does have it. He doesn't have to come out and be flawless, but he has to improve off of what happened in 2020. Like, he has to come out and have a really good showing. Like, like Andrew said, what was it, 265? Two yeah. touchdowns, no picks, clean game, and sixty-five and percent completion rolled. percentage. Right, and they roll. But yeah. what's what's so funny to me is like the two sixty-five. Like after watching Tom Brady and Dak Prescott go at it last night, two sixty-five, two touchdowns just feels so bleh. Like like because <laughs> because like I, I'm looking at his game log. Right, he has five games with the 49ers, five games in his career as well. Like he's pretty much only started with the Niners. Would save a few games with the with the. Uh, like, I've been getting the Buccaneers and Patriots mixed up now, and I hate it with, with the Patriots. The yeah, Tom Brady, it just throws me <laughs> off so much. He's only had five games of 300 yards passing or more in the regular season, and 300 yards just feels like that. Just kind of like the standard now almost, right? Like like 300-yard games are thrown out left and right. So, like, yeah. 350 is the benchmark now. Yeah, it, it's, it, it's up by 50 yards. And, and Jimmy Garoppolo just doesn't do that. So me asking for 265 and two touchdowns, no interceptions, like it's simple, but you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is not that guy. And that's where the word game manager comes in. Cause he's, he's going to, he plays not to make mistakes, but then has the confidence to where he makes some mistakes. It's, it's a really weird dynamic. And Jimmy Garoppolo is, is just, he's an enigma. That's the best way to put it. I, I would have to say that, I mean, I, I read, it looks like Jamal's uh, comment and it talked about the narrative behind Jimmy. If he starts making mistakes, we're going to start saying, why don't we have Trey Lance in there and and suffer those mistakes, at least with a rookie who's going to grow and get better. I don't think it's necessarily about Jimmy Garoppolo uh, producing positives that we haven't really seen before. I think it's more about Jimmy Garoppolo eliminating the negatives that we've seen in years past. I don't expect 265 from Jimmy. I would be happy with 230 from Jimmy, a touchdown or two, but no turnovers, no interceptions. That to me is the Jimmy Garoppolo that would get the 49ers into the playoffs. Um, not a Jimmy Garoppolo extending the field. Like we know what works for Jimmy and a healthy Niners team. Yeah. And I, I even have the bar with, with the, I'll take your 235 and two touchdowns. I just want no, oh, no, no throws. That, that's all I want. That's for me. That's my bench point of him growing. And I said it yesterday on the podcast that like he looks like he's moving better in the pocket. Uh, in the th- in the very small sample of the three preseason games, 
that's something that 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 is an improvement. Let's be honest. That is an improvement on what he did last year and the year before. And yes, he's coming off the torn ACL. I get it. Um, just give me less on no no throws, and that that's that's all I want. I don't think it's a big ask. It's like how I. It's like how when I go golfing, I. I judge my round based on the amount of balls that I've lost, not on my actual <laughs> yeah, strokes. Exactly. So At some point for Jimmy, it's you. like, if you don't have any, Oh no, no throws, I don't care what you did. Just as long as you got that, we're good. Yeah. And, and, and I'm going to just abruptly change it. Cause, cause we spent 20 minutes in the quarterback position. We've had the whole off season to talk about it, Brian. I want to, I want to ask you this question. Cause I think uh, we're, we're going to go from the position that everybody likes to talk about to the position. That's probably the most solidified one on the 49ers. That's the defensive line. Uh, the 2019 49ers defensive line was a big part to that defensive turnaround. We know they only had two interceptions in 2018. So what does John Lynch do? Doesn't touch the secondary. says, hey, we're going to get a pass rush. There's a lot of depth on this 2021 team, Brian. Can this pass rush be better than that 2019 team? Um, I think it can just because there's more depth on the edge than there was in 2019. Uh, you know, in 2019, it was pretty much Bosa and Ford. And then you had Armstead. But all of Armstead's sacks actually came when he slipped inside on uh, obvious passing downs. Um, I actually don't think he got a single sack from the edge position that year. And so um, there's just more depth on, on in, at the edge position with Bosa, with uh, Ford, and then also with uh, Samson Simpson, Samson Ebukam. Samson um, Simpson, I stick to my story. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and then Arden Key, and then also Jordan Willis. Jordan Willis will be back. Week six and Jordan Willis was dominating uh, in in camp and during the preseason. So there's just more depth at that at that position. There isn't as much depth, I think, on the uh, inside without DeForest Buckner there, um, obviously. And with Kinlaw and and his bulky knee, we don't really know what's what's going to happen there. But I think with with the talent that they have inside and outside and a more aggressive uh, D'Amico Ryans coordinating the defense than Robert Sala. I think their pass rush will be better just because they've got the horses on the line. But also I think that they're going to dial up some blitzes. And I think we're going to see Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw and probably Hufanga and possibly even Jimmy Ward uh, sneaking in with uh, one to five sacks, I would assume as well. See, I, I like I like how you guys work because you just easily float into the question. I was going to go with Tim. Do you think we're going to see a more aggressive? How much more aggressive is this Niners defense going to be with uh, D'Amico Ryan's as the defensive coordinator? Because Robert Sala really liked to rush four every so often. He'd surprise you and go we're rushing five this time. Uh, is it going to be a lot more aggressive? Is it going to be minimally aggressive? Because I'm assuming it's going to be at least a little bit more aggressive. What, what, what do you expect to see from Ryan's in his first years in the D.C.? I think situationally, we're going to see some aggressive spots from D'Amico Ryans. But overall, when you have the talent top to bottom on the roster that the 49ers do on the defensive side of the ball, you don't have to take risks. You don't have to put yourself in a position to where you're exposing part of your defense. The 49ers have probably the deepest defensive line that I've I've seen in, in recent years. Mm -hmm. um, definitely more depth than 2019. But I would argue the fact that, that even the the top end caliber is going to be highlighted even more because now you don't have to use D Ford except for on rushing downs like he is going to play 10 to 15 snaps probably a game but those are going to be geared towards uh situational pass rush like there's no doubt in his mind he gets to pin his ears back and he gets to light his hair on fire and he gets to go okay same with Nick Bosa like Nick Bosa was an every down 
uh, player in 2019, now you can pick and choose and make sure he's fresh. When you got other players that have high-end talent that are going to come in with fresh legs, it's not always about having the best defensive player every single down in the same guy. Fresh legs do wonders against an offensive line that has to go against speed and power every single snap. That's where I think that the 49ers defense is going to be special this year. And we're going to see things where they get to be situationally great and situationally aggressive. They're def- they're going to keep teams behind the sticks. It's, you're going to see second and long and third and long more often than not. And I think that's going to cover up the one little gap, the one little problem that the 49ers have on defense where they don't have a ton of depth at the cornerback position. The defensive line in their wide nine technique. I, I love the fact that they've done uh, what they've or what they have at the linebacker position. They have nothing but pure speed, and it's almost like bigger, strong safeties as their linebackers because the gaps now have gotten so wide on the defensive line. You have to have your linebackers use their speed to kind of fill those gaps, and that's what they have. They have speed and power at the defensive line position. They have speed first and pretty good tackling ability. Some may argue that Dre Greenlaw isn't as good as um, he's advertised. I'm thinking about Rich. Uh, you could say, you just, you just say Rich. Say his name. Yeah. Just you say, say Rich. Rich here all the time. He'd be the one that would argue against Dre Greenlaw. I would argue on the opposite <laughs> side. I think he's better uh, than not. And I think the 49ers have great safeties. So ultimately it's going to come down to um, it's going to come down to that other cornerback position. I'm, I'm solid on Verrett. It's going to be Mosley or it's going to be Norman. Um, I'm not sure who, who you go with week one. Um, I'd lean Norman a little bit, but I think the defense is going to be special, uh, from top to bottom. And, and are you saying you lean Norman more than Lenore? Because Mosley's likely Mosley's doubtful. He's he's doubtful. I would say I, I like Demo, but I also like the fact that you don't put a rookie into a situation where he can have his confidence just crushed week one. And I'm not saying Jared Goff or the Lions are the team to do that, but make sure you put him in a situation where he can be successful. Norman is a veteran. He's a, he's a journeyman. He's been on teams. He's been on squads. Sure. He can learn defenses fast. That, he's, he's good there. Like I'm okay. I'm confident putting in either one of those guys. I would lean Norman first and then maybe find spots for Demo to get into. Uh, you're forgetting. You're forgetting. Who's on the don't, practice squad that's going to be called stop up? It. He's no. going to start. No, I, no. I, five dollars. The, bar, the barnacle. Come Donate? on, five dollars. Five dollars to each of you guys. Wow. And Dante Johnson's Heavy, starter on the other side. Jason Aponte is in sixty-one <laughs> fantasy leagues. He doesn't have the money to bet more than five dollars. That's a big bet. That's a big $5. bet for him. Yeah. Well, I, I look at it like this. Norman hasn't been here much. You know, very long. We know one thing about Kyle Shanahan is like when they have those guys that are tried and trusted, like Tom Compton would be the first one off the bench and everybody would be like, no, like literally anybody, but it will be Compton. I'm not saying that that's what should happen. This is what I think will happen. So when Mosley was out, and this is what I'm going to point to uh, for my reasoning, when Mosley was out during camp, when the ones were out there, when Dante Johnson was upright, it was him. It was him on the other side of Verrett, and they have no problem running with that. And again, he kind of gets a a bit of flack, right? You know, for that that Philly touchdown, but he was in perfect position. He tore his groin on the play. It was just like Carson Wentz would never throw a better pass than that ever in his life. Um, and and the guy who caught it isn't even really on a roster anymore. He's on a practice squad. So that's how fluky the play was. It's not. It wasn't something that like, oh man, they're torching Johnson, right? Like like the way in um in twenty twenty 
when, you know, Mosley was opposite of DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins had like 17 catches for like 180 yards, right? And and you're like, oh my God, he's getting torched. I didn't, I never really got that feeling. So um, I'm with you. Um, I, I'm fine with Josh Norman there. I'm fine with Demo there at this point, especially because it's the Lions. And when you look at, no disrespect, because these are NFL players, Tyrell Williams, uh, Amar Ross St. Brown, who I actually really think is good, but he's not going to be lined up outside, I believe. He's going to be, be slot, right? Guy. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Quintess Cephas and... You know, whoever they have over there, Hawkinson's going to be in the, you know, in, you know, tight to the, Covered to by the Fred Warner. Exactly. So um, <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if Dante Johnson starts. And I'm kind of here for it because I want to see 49ers Twitter kind of explode. I, I was going to say, I, I did see a comment here from Tony, and, and this is kind of where I am with Demo. Uh, again, this idea where, and, and people threw this idea out. Again, we talked about quarterbacks. Why not start? Trey Lance against a, a, a Lions squad that is av- absolutely not going to be very good this year. And he says the same thing, right? Like, why not let Demo start this game? And it is the Lions. Their passing offense is probably um, going to be subpar at best. Their offensive line is in shambles right now. And I, you know, I think if you if you start Demo, I, I don't even think there's going to be an opportunity for him to get torched and lose confidence. And so I don't. I, I could see them being like, "Hey, you know what? I th- I think we could start him here and build a little bit of confidence uh, as Mosley, you know, continues to to heal up from whatever this injury is now as well." So, um, from what I understand, we have a Demo start here. We got a Dante Dante Johnson start here. We got a Josh Norman start here. I'll just take Brian Allen. Brian Allen. Oh my god. Uh, Jason, <laughs> I want to ask yeah. you about the receivers. Uh, if if we can go back to the offensive side of the ball, (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, we were a little worried about the receiving depth behind, uh, Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. Does Trent Sherfield make that feel a lot better? How much better better do we feel about the receivers? Way better. I mean, listen, no disrespect to Kendrick Bourne, because I think that people are going to, you know, at the middle of the year are going to say, man, look at that consistency that he gave us balance on, on third downs in the red zone. I think that it was pretty easy for everybody to write him off when it was like, okay, he's going to go get paid. Don't give him any money. But I think, that reliability, because those other two guys, unfortunately, they're great, but they just they lose games. And Kendrick Bourne is always there. But Trent Sherfield offers a little bit more. And we saw it all through camp. You saw it in that preseason game. Um, the guy's always open. You know, again, I was asked when we were at camp, how much of this has to do with Trey Lance? I was like, not too much. Because when Sudfeld was taking the reps, Sherfield's open. When Jimmy was taking the reps, he was open. He was just open. Nobody could cover this kid. So um, I think that he's a hidden gem, and I feel a lot better because I think he does offer a little bit more in terms of that. What I would like to shore up this wide receiver group, and I'm going to float a name out there that you guys probably know is coming, is why – yo, can, John Brown, you up? You up, buddy? Are you up? Like, you, what's up, big head? Can we get you over here? Like, Because, um, listen – Say what you want about John Brown being a guy who's at the tail end of his career, fine. But what the, the way that they used him in Buffalo when Stephon Diggs was there was they threw him tunnel screens and they blocked in front of him and they let him get his speed out in front. Who does that sound like? And don't tell me that John Brown is not going to be more of an impactful player than the bottom half of this roster, i.e. Muhammad Sanu, i.e. another guy that I keep piling on who's not even going to be in this game because he's already out. Um, I would like to see a little bit more. John Brown would make me feel way better about this wide receiver core and would offer some sort of dynamic positions like if you move him in the slot and you have a slot corner trying to cover john brown downfield godspeed the problem is is who's gonna you know get him the ball so yeah i mean i'm gonna keep banging the table for john brown and uh yeah so i i just can't believe that he's not he's out there to be signed by anybody and no one's doing anything about it and not only that but the 49ers did make a move today they they uh restructured ward's contract to free up uh i believe seven and a half million dollars on the salary cap this year which gives them now eight and a half million dollars of room I was and told so, the only way to free up cap was cut Jimmy. 
Wow. That's weird. <laughs> That's the quickest way to free up cap. That's the quickest but you, way. <laughs> no, it's not a very pragmatic way to do it. That is not. It is not. Um, so they do have they do have room to make a move like that. And I'm wondering if there just really hasn't been any traction on them bringing people in outside of Norman uh, because they they're they were up against it uh, on the cap. And now they've got a little bit of breathing room. And I'd be interested to see if they either extend uh, Lake and Tomlinson, which is another way for them to get a little bit of room. Um, and then I think that's about it in terms of restructures. I think they could they restructure, restructure Armstead and Tomlinson, right? I, thought that, Tom, I, thought, I think I, they would have to extend Tomlinson. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I think they're, I think they're there. I on it to speak about wide receivers. Cause th- this is again, what happened in 2019. I really do think part of, part of their uh, belief is if we need a wide receiver, we can go get one at the trade deadline. And so all that, all that takes is capital obviously. And they don't have as much. Um, and then they have to have uh, cap room. And so I think they're working on that right now. Cynthia, we are live. Yes, we are. Just want to answer her because she's, she's, she's day one. We got to answer nice. her whenever she asks nice. questions. Uh, hey, hey, Andrew, can I, can I just say one thing about Trent Sherfield? Yes. Is that I, I'm, a, I'm a very big believer in when either Hall of Famers or future Hall of Famers mm-hmm. speak loudly about a player. And Larry Fitzgerald was raving about Trent Sherfield. He knows him. He he's the guy that mentored him in Arizona, and 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 just to hear the, the passion and the excitement that he talked about, um, he just knows that Trent Sherfield needs to get a shot, and and he's going to produce. So I'm I'm very very high on Trent Sherfield. I think he is an upgrade over Kendrick Bourne. No disrespect to KB. I think KB had great hands, and he did what he does very very well. Um, but I do think Trent Sherfield gives the ability. He runs routes extremely well. He finds himself open. He's sure-handed. He's built like I mean, he's a, he is he's yoked. Built like, that dude is different. That dude, thank you. Crack the egg. <laughs> um, that dude is he's going to be a difference maker. I promise you. At some point during the year, yeah. we're going to be talking about that man as a difference maker on the offense uh, for being a wide receiver three. Come on now. The, I mean, if if Ayuk and Debo can can produce at the rate that they're supposed to based upon their draft stock and the potential they have. Sherfield is for having a one, two, three punch. That's pretty darn good. He's more dynamic than, uh, than Kendrick Bourne ever dreamed of being. And that's part of it as well. Well, that, that, that was my last question that I had for Tim before we get into some fun stuff with predictions and we could get wild with it. Um, who who's gonna be? Because for me, the thing I always liked about Kendrick Bourne is he played as like that big body receiver. He wasn't the biggest guy, but like when they needed six yards, they would get the ball to him in the middle. I always felt like my hottest take on last year and the year before that was he was their best red zone option. Who who's gonna step in and be the Niners' best red zone option in twenty twenty one without Burn Bourne? J- Jennings, Juwan Jennings. Okay. Period. Like everyone spoke, everyone raved about that dude at Tennessee when he was there. Like their fan base, the people on, they were so high on him, and you don't, you don't get to be at that point without actually doing something productive. Um, for me, like he's the guy. Like he's going to be the big body guy. I think we saw a little bit of a little bit of it in the preseason. Uh, I think he's going to be very sure-handed. I think he's going to find himself in situations in the red zone where he's going to capitalize on it, and I think he's going to make the most out of every opportunity he gets. Uh, Jennings is my guy. Perfect. And yeah, that, that's what I've heard as well with him is, is he, he's got the size and I, and like when they brought in Sanu, that, that was the first name that felt like it was going to be the very obvious one. But 
with with what I've heard from Jennings and what Jason has told me of Jennings, like he he could easily fill that role. And and uh, it's just so funny how quick it went from the Niners' receiving core was was Ayuk and Debo, and just hope they stay healthy. And now it's hey, we're feeling pretty decent about it. And now we're we're really only talking about the right guard and, and the secondary position. Um. So so I'm I'm just gonna abruptly transition here. Let's talk some predictions. Let's 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 start. I'm gonna start with cold predictions. Uh, so like you know your hot takes. We're gonna start with a cold take. What's something, Tim, that you are a hundred percent convinced will happen this year in the realm of the 49ers season? Oh geez, just putting me on the spot for something like that, huh? Um, yeah. I'm gonna have to say that I'm a hundred percent convinced that uh, we are going to we are going to be looking for. Uh, something different in regards to the kicking game uh, moving into next year. I, I do not have confidence in gold and I do not have confidence in Wisnowski. Um, I think Jay mine actually. Yeah. Um, it, it, there's nothing about those two guys right now moving out of the preseason. I know, I know Wisnowski had some, some booming punts, but I'm just looking at his overall body of work. Um, th- those are the type of guys right now that I just don't feel good about. Don Burr's there about, again. Yeah, Don we feel Burr's good about here. Don Burr. Don Burr is We love here. Don Burr. We're very uh, pro Don Burr yes, on this podcast. Yes, John, absolutely. we appreciate the donation, John. by the way. Thank you, buddy. Uh, appreciate you as always, man. We mm. we love Don Burr here. Don Burr is the the my favorite Lions fan. Uh, a- Jason, <laughs> Jason, don't, don't take the kicker thing because Tim just took it. You're not allowed to take his now because I know you can get well, – we, we, we don't have 20 minutes to talk about kickers anymore. Look, well, Robbie Gold's not going anywhere because for some reason the 49ers thought it was prudent to sign him to a deal that makes it harder to get out and allows more dead cap later on. So Robbie Gold's not going anywhere. Smooth move, guys. You guys are killing it on the kicking front. Anyway, <laughs> cold take, George Kittle sets a career high in touchdowns this year. Okay. Um, I think that when you ask the, the question about who's going to be the red zone guy, I think that it's going to be him, especially if Jimmy Garoppolo is the guy that's going to be there for a large part of the season. Um, you know, look, it, it didn't end well, but in camp at the red zone, he was looking. He had eyes only for him, basically, in certain spots, and it worked out. I saw him throw a lot more jump balls his way. And, um, you know, unfortunately, the one that he threw to Derwin James was, you know, he looked at him the entire time. But he has eyes for George Kittle. I think George Kittle actually puts it together and is on the field for an entire season. And I think he shatters his touchdown. Um his touchdown output. Um, and I think that that's a, a cold take in my opinion. Don, we appreciate the donation as Don, well. Thank you for donation, hey man, I love the belief <laughs> in the lions. We're here for it. Please, please join us for every, um, <laughs> honestly, Jason, for our pre- preview shows, I'm cool with Don being the third pick, like for all the yeah. games this year. Easily. <laughs> uh, uh, Brian, give me your, uh, your your cold take of this episode. oh man um so you guys uh kind of went well tim went special teams uh jay went offense so i'll go defense and i'm gonna say that uh fred warner has five interceptions or more this year um i think that uh you know i i think that more teams uh, are going to try and attack the middle of the field because they just simply won't have uh, as much time in the pocket as uh, they would against other teams because of the ferocious pass rush. And so, you know, I think uh, Warner is arguably uh, the best cover linebacker in the NFL. Um, he holds down the middle of the field and, um, you know, facing enough uh, enough quarterbacks uh, this season that, that could be uh, – trying to make their living on the uh, underneath routes and whatnot. And so um, I think he's going to have five interceptions or more this season. Love it. Uh, my, my cold prediction 
teeters on hot a little bit, but I don't think it's a bold prediction to say the starting quarterback week one starts all 17 games. I'm going to say Jimmy Garoppolo starts all 17. I think he, he something different is going to happen this year. I don't know. He's going to stay healthy. That's my first thing. I mean, it's a new season. I like to predict health. I like everybody staying healthy. It's an odd year. Jimmy Garoppolo is good in odd years. <laughs> Apparently, it's the opposite of the even year bullshit the Giants give us. Um, Thank you, sir. <laughs> I cuss too much now. I've been yeah. Cussing what too happened? Much That's usually me. What uh, happened? But uh, honestly, man, I think there's something to the the, the madness of of getting Trey Lance. I I really think that this first season because it, it was never. They didn't draft Trey Lance to be the starter because if they did, he'd be the starter. And and I think there's something to the idea of getting somebody behind Garoppolo to to, and I, I hate saying it because it's so cliche to push him to push him to be something a little better than what they've gotten. And I think Kyle Shanahan is a hundred percent okay with with keeping Trey Lance year one as as the people hate the word, but the gadget guy. Bring him in for for platoon roles. I think Jimmy Garoppolo stays healthy for all seventeen games. I like and, and and he starts all seventeen. Good. Um, so that's just a level-headed take. Andrew. Yeah, you know, uh, we well so breaking news. Luke, Andrew Pasquini is we, always uh, going to be level-headed with his takes. We pride ourselves here at the Sprint Right Option Podcast at being level-headed. Okay, can we, we, can we, we call it a lukewarm take? Yeah, call lukewarm, it a lukewarm works. Take? Yeah. Lukewarm works. The room temperature oh, water take. Yeah, that, yeah, sure. <laughs> let's go with that. All right, uh, let's let's get a little let's get a little hot now. Let's let's go bold bold predictions. Hot takes. Uh, I'll start since I wrapped up. We'll just go reverse order. How about that? Hmm. Uh, Three thousand two hundred and ninety six. That is the current rushing yard record in the NFL for a team. The Ravens did that. I believe it was twenty nineteen, not twenty twenty. Uh, the Niners have the advantage of a 17th game that the the Ravens did not get. I think this is going to be a very run first team. 3296 rushing yards. That is going to fall the 2021 49ers led with Raheem Mostert, Trey Sermon, Elijah Mitchell. I know I'm forgetting people, but they have 45 running backs who are very good. Um they're going to break the all-time single season rushing yard record for a team. Nice. And uh, this comment here from Paul. Thank you for the donation, buddy. The Giants are good this year, though, Andrew. We're odd years exclusive now in the Bay. It's it's a new decade. We're going odd years. It's Odd years are the cool things now. Brian, what's what's, what's your hot take? I would say, well, and and to go along with that, Taylor Swift did release an album this year. So uh, good news for the Giants. What's the correlation with that? I'm I'm out of the loop. I'm sorry. Uh, 2010, 2012, and 2014. Taylor Swift released an album and the Giants won the World Series. So, so it's 2021 and Taylor Swift is still around and she's been making music since 2010. Cool. Now this didn't is she t- release an album like 17 and 18? Are we just forgetting that for the the purpose of the Giants? Doesn't fit the narrative, Andrew. Bro, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, we're a narrative pod. We we're it, narrative it's Taylor pod. Swift yeah. and a talented team. We didn't have Taylor Swift. Team in 17 there we go. And 18. So Teams that that are let off with Lamont Wade Jr. are good historically. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um. To go along with uh, with Andrew's take of uh, breaking the rushing record, um, I believe that for the first time in his career, uh, Raheem Mostert will break a thousand yards rushing, and I will even put it at uh, I, I think he he rushes for eleven hundred or more yards. Wow, I like it. I like that. And that's going to back up your point, uh, Pasquini. If he does that, then they're really going to blow through. That. If he gets eleven hundred yeah. yards, I'm feeling real good about the rushing record. My my fantasy team's gonna be feeling real good if he gets that. <laughs> That's right. That's right. 
J- Jason has one fantasy team that would love that. At least he has to have at least one fantasy team that likes. Raheem Mostert. Oh yeah, I've got about a few spots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He has to have yeah. at least. He's got one. some stuff. I have, I have everyone. So like, when someone scores, I'm like, yes, and I'll go look at three other. I'm like, damn it, it's killing me because it's on someone else's team. <laughs> That's the. It's not fun anymore. I'm telling you. Um, but uh, I guess it's my turn, right? For for yeah, it's take. your turn, Jason. Your turn. Debo Samuel leads his team in receptions. Ooh. In, with receptions. I'm talking about with the way that they manufacture his touches. He's going to play as many games as he's played his entire – yep, those push passes, those, <laughs> those tunnel screens. Um, he, I think that he's going to improve down the field as well, win more routes. He's, he, he went into camp this year, and he was the best receiver on the field. No disrespect to you, Brandon Ayuk. But Dembo Samuel was working everybody, including Jason Verrett. You know, there was, a, there was a play that I remember vividly from a practice. Debo Samuel is past Jason Verrett. Jason Verrett is chasing him. Unfortunately, Jimmy Garoppolo double clutches when he throws it up. Uh, it just becomes a punt and Verrett's under it. But Debo Samuel came back to the to the sideline and he was visibly upset because he worked that route and he got open. If that ball goes out at the right time and is put in the right spot, it's six. Mm-hmm. And that's Jason Verrett, who I have high hopes for this year. And I think it's going to be very well. So I think that just the way that they manufacture the touches, how he gets them. And I think that he's come in with and he's heard everything about limited down the field. Yeah, glorified running back, all those little things. He's heard all of that stuff. Um, the health thing is the only thing that can really stop Debo Samuel, but with the way that this offense utilizes him, how important he is, Debo Samuel will lead this team in receptions in 2021. Mm. I think that yeah. glorified running stuff, running back stuff is more a function of who is piloting the offense. Absolutely. Really unfair, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's going to come down to health for him. Um and that's it's going to be the way, that way for his entire career. Um, I mean, it, and that's the sad thing about right now that that hurts my heart a little bit is because there's a lot of positions on the 49ers where you can say, if healthy, God, right. they could be real special, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Jamal commented on, do you think Verrett's going to stay healthy? I hope so. I don't yeah. know if he's if he's yeah. healthy all year. He's a he's a top five corner in the league. There's no question about it. If Mostert can stay healthy all year. He's a thousand yard running back. There's no question about it. If Debo can stay healthy, he's a thousand yard receiver and probably the best receiver on the team. Jay, you're right. Um, for me, my my hot take, and I'm probably gonna, you know, it's it, I'm not trying to jinx it. I'm gonna say again, if he can stay healthy, Nick Bosa will have 23 sacks this season. Ooh, okay. Is that the record? Let's That's go. 20, 22 and a half Woo. is Michael Strahan. There's been comments up and down about how Nick Bosa looks better than he did in his rookie campaign. Mm-hmm. I listened to his interview. I've listened to him talk. He talks about how he was getting better mentally last year. He was finding, obviously, he was doing his rehab to rebuild his knee. But when you're taking mental reps and you're such a polished player coming out of college like Nick Bosa was, the only way that you're going to get better, it's not through, I mean, he's what? nine percent body fat the dude is a he's a greek god of a statue like he has all the physical gifts mm-hmm. there are on the team okay the only way an athlete like that gets better is through being better mentally and it sounds to me like nick bosa focused on that for a year and a half like that dude if he can stay healthy is going to be a menace and a tear to every offense that gets in front of him i love just seeing the fact that he is and he's a calm dude outside like anytime the ball is snapped he flips the switch and he's a different guy and he's a madman during the whistle once the whistle happens he goes back to being that oh you know um i don't know i think it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good year i'm right so i don't like a guy that looks like that i just don't understand how he's so soft-spoken 
soft spoken yeah like oh man but as far as talent goes uh i think the tj watt uh contract definitely is going to be kind of hanging out there in the sense that nick bosa understands that he has the opportunity to be the highest played defensive player in the game period go out and get it and if he can stay healthy i think that's something he can do can we add one more part to the prediction, Tim, before uh, we we dive or before we dive into the next part here? Um, will week eighteen? Will the twenty third sack come on Matt Stafford just conceding the play and giving him the record? <laughs> <laughs> what whatever it takes, man. Whatever it, it, it takes. Because that, that's how Strahan broke it, right? No. Uh, far yeah. fell, right? Far yeah. fell before yeah. he touched him. Yep. He. I mean, he was going to get sacked no matter what, okay? Like, let's just be real about the situation. It's one of those where, God, I was, I was, I was chatting with, uh, with Jordan, um, Jor- Splash Cousin, on Twitter Splash today, and we were, he was, he was talking about um, uh, Vita Vea and how Vita Vea just destroyed um, the Dallas Cowboys center last night. And then I tweeted at him, uh, the DJ Jones rep against Seattle, when he absolutely blew up uh, Seattle center and put him on his, on his backside and then sacked Russell Wilson and Russell Wilson just fell right. Like at that point, when you see a defensive lineman coming at you, when your offensive player is on his back as a quarterback, yeah. there's almost no, there's no scarier sight because you know that the guy who's supposed to protect you just got dropped. And now that guy has a full head of steam. Co- yeah. I'm going to duck down too. Um, and that, that's just the way it goes. So I, I don't blame, Brett Favre for that. No. Michael Strahan's coming at him. Yeah, lay down, dude. Lay down. Give it to him. He earned it. All right. I love that reference, Andrew. That was awesome, too. Thank you. Favre totally gave up on that one, and I'll never forget that. Yeah. Uh, I, I Just to go along with Tim's prediction, I just think it's a good omen that uh, Bosa's first rep back in full padded practice was yeah. a sack. First yeah. rep. That feels like, great. It feels really let's good. Let's go. Let's go. So, so I have the rushing record falling. Tim has this all-time sack record falling. Debo Samuel's leading the team in receptions, and Raheem Mostert's getting 1,100 rushing yards. We'll end with this one, Jason. I'm going to start with you because you're the only one who hasn't bad lead off on these questions. Final record position in the NFC West playoff result if they make the playoffs in your prediction. 12 and five, winning the NFC West. Um, it's going to come down to the last game against the Rams. That's going to be electric but that's going to be who it is because if it was seattle it would have been the other way around they just it's just how it is but it will come down to the last game um they'll probably end up third they'll win their first game um and i think that they kind of bow out in the division and i would be fine with that i would be fine with that like if they ran up against the bucks and the bucks beat them that's not a down season that's a successful year um and you're trending in the right direction with your quarterback of the future so 49er fans i know that you want to win a super bowl and obviously that's the goal but I don't think that it should be Super Bowl or bust. Like if the 49ers win one playoff game and they they give the Bucs a hell of a game in the divisional and they, you know, don't they come up short, nothing wrong with that. That's a successful year and you're moving in the right direction and they turn it over to Trey Lance. So I I uh I I am I'm, I'm firmly gonna stick with that. You know, uh you know what I've been seeing, Andrew? I've been seeing a lot of people stealing your style when it comes to the prediction of the Super Bowl. You know how many people are out here predicting the Berman Bowl all of a sudden? I just want to let you know who did it first. Circle the wagons. Uh, circle the nobody circles nobody the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. But <laughs> if Chris that Berman happens, 
Yo, if that happens, Andy, people are going to hate lap. this podcast because I'm going to spend two <laughs> weeks yelling on this podcast. No one circles the wagons like like ah oh, that yeah people will hate me. Bill's week oh. Bill's week was really fun because Bill's Andrew came up with fun. this really cool thing. And, you know he talked about it because remember I mean you know Andrew's younger than us, but we all remember every single year Chris Berman Bills Niners. Bills, Niners, Bills, Every Niners. Year. Never happened once. Never happened once. <laughs> he could he could predict it this year and be spot on. Yeah, like, yes, this is his could. year to do it. He mm. better not go go away from it because this is the oh, year. Like it I'm really in trouble. Then I've seen a lot of people, but I've seen a lot of people share that same sentiment of the the Berman Bowl and uh, you know the same things that uh, Andrew's talking about. So yeah, the Chris Berman Bowl would be a very fun Super Bowl. Tim, do you have the Chris Berman Bowl as your 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 Niner finish? Uh I have to be honest with you. If if the 49ers do not make the Super Bowl with the roster they currently have, if the 49ers stay healthy throughout the year, it is a disappointment for them not to be playing in the Super Bowl. And I do feel like it is the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills as the two best teams in the AFC. I think the Cleveland Browns are right there behind them, but I think it's going to come down to Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen in the Super Bowl. Um uh, yeah, and it's going to be the Bucks and the Niners in the NFC Championship game. That that's how it comes down to it. I think the Niners finish with twelve wins. I agree with Jason. I, I kind of said it earlier in that's the why podcast. I, stole it from you. I appreciate it. Um, it yeah. just makes me feel good when somebody like yourself uh, takes an answer of mine. It makes yeah. me feel real good about myself. Um, well, about plagiarism here on the Sprint Right Option podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? If um, beg, borrow, and steal—that's what you—that's what you have to do to get ahead. Um, so the Niners, they're going to they're gonna finish with 12 wins. I do think they're going to win the NFC West as well. I think they're going to take the two seed uh, in this year's uh, NFC conference. They're going to end up going to Tampa Bay uh, to play the Bucs in the NFC championship game. And you know what? If we're in the final four, uh, obviously it's a coin toss no matter what each way. Yeah. And I'm a, you know what? As long as, as, as they give it their best shot, there's no – you don't leave – two interceptions out on the field. You don't leave, you don't fumble a punt return or, or pull a Kyle Williams or anything like that. Um, that to me is, is a very successful season. I'm happy with that. Tony wants to follow up with a question, Jason, if you want to put it on the screen oh, yeah. for, can Jimmy G lead the Fort Niners offense to beat the Bucks defense? Thank you for the donation, mm. Tony. That's Tony a question. That's a question for you, Tim, because you just put them in the NFC championship game against the Buccaneers. Well, I, it, Tony, here's the thing. It's it's not – if Jimmy Garoppolo is the starting quarterback at that time, that means he has been playing efficient enough to earn that spot throughout the year. It's going to come down to the 49ers running game if they can run against Tampa Bay because Brian talked about it earlier in the podcast. Tampa Bay has a stout defensive line. Uh, the 49ers are going to have to figure out some way to have a balanced attack because Jimmy Garoppolo is not the quarterback to be able to put the game on his shoulders and throw for 400 yards. We've just seen that throughout his career. Mm -hmm. um, it, and that's the way you – but if there was a team that had kind of a uh, a hole in their armor, if you will, right now, unless they address that issue, the Bucks are depleted at the cornerback position. And there is an opportunity to where I could see – Jimmy Garoppolo making a couple of throws against a depleted secondary for Tampa Bay? Yes. Likely, no. Uh, that's why I think they have to stay with a balanced attack and they're going to have to be able to run the ball to beat the Bucs. Perfect. I agree with that. That's a great question, Tony. I'm going to go. Brian, we'll let you close the show. Sure. Uh, I'm going to say it first, just so it, just for the fun. Uh, 49ers, Bills, 
Chris Berman Super Bowl. We love it. Okay, if that does happen, I'm cutting everything I say afterwards, and I'm right. I win. Um, I'm going to go 11 and 6. I'm going to go 11 and 6. You're going to have three losses in the NFC West, I think. I, I, I'm not going to tell you where they are. I think there's going to be three losses in the NFC West. I think that game at Tennessee, they're going to lose. I, th- I think they're going to lose to the Colts. I think the Colts are very good. Uh, and then there's always there's always one random game the Niners lose. I'm going to try and pinpoint two of them. Uh, week 12 against the Vikings or week 14 at the Bengals. I'm not necessarily saying those teams are better than the Niners, but there's always that one game, the, the, the Falcons in 2019, right? That was the one game where it's like they should have won, they didn't. Uh, last year, we're going to go with the Eagles, but also the Washington football team, even though that was a playoff team, so that's a little different. I'm going to go 11-6, and six, second place in the NFC West. Archinoy took my point before I could say it. I think the Rams win the division, and uh, – Think the Packers get a little harder when you got to play them at Lambeau in January, and I think the season ends in the divisional round in Green Bay. So that that's my prediction. But this whole part gets cut if it's Niners Bills in the Super Bowl. I'm right, uh, <laughs> Brian. You want you want to close it out? What's your prediction for the 2021 Niners? Maybe a little more positive than me, or join uh, me and be a little more negative. It's not. I don't think it's negative. Um, but it is actually the same as you. I have them uh, finishing 11 and six. I think they're going to split in the NFC West all four games. I think all four teams are going to go one and one in the West. Uh, it is the best division in football. I don't think there's really any question whether that's fact or fiction um the 49ers the seahawks the cardinals and the uh rams there Mm -hmm. just isn't a division that's better um and honestly like i i'm a big believer in the rams i think stafford in that offense with mcveigh um and i i just don't i don't think we're i don't think we know what we're going to get out of that i think we're not prepared for it and i think that uh they're going to steamroll some some guys, uh, some teams. I don't think they're going to steamroll the 49ers, but I think they're going to split with the Niners. And so that's four losses within the division. And so, again, going 11 and six, that leaves uh, room for two kind of weird losses here or there, um, or just losses against uh, teams that at the time are better, right? Um, I definitely am not uh, super uh, uh, positive about the game against the Packers week three, uh, mm-hmm. just because uh, the Packers are going to be running that, that new. Uh, you know, Brandon Staley style offense or sorry, defense. Um, and Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. And so um, I don't know if the 49ers offense is going to be at its peak yet in week three. Um, like you said, Andrew, that Colts game uh, looks to be a, a little difficult, although the nice thing about it is it does come off their bye. Um, yeah. And then there's just a, a game at Tennessee. Uh, late in the season could be, you know, a game where Derrick Henry just gets the ball 45 times and just, you know, just man's man's up and 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 dominates that game and so there's just i think room for uh you know for those those losses that maybe you look at the schedule right now and you're like well, i think we could beat that team because honestly on paper the 49ers do have one of the better rosters yeah. in, in in the nfl like there's no there's no question about that um and I, I i do think they are a playoff team i think they're the second place team in the uh, nfc west behind the rams uh, and I do think they also lose in the divisional round, um, probably to mm. the Bucks. Um, but who knows? Mm. 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 I have another hot take that's about to go. Well, it's not really a hot take, but I think that like it's a it's gonna happen. Um, well, two of them. One, Jimmy Ward is an All Pro this year. Okay. And two, love it. And two, Chikowski Tart makes his first Pro Bowl. Okay. Because he plays the whole year. Back to wow. both safeties get 
their credit and this fan base has who has swung their whole perception of both of them has an outpouring of love this year for both of those guys. So let me ask you this then. How many turnovers does Jimmy Ward cause in his all-pro year? Don't care. I don't care. I'm not one of those people. You know that. I don't. It doesn't matter. I, I'm not saying it matters, no, but I'm saying oh, if you're talking about all-pro, I have yeah. a feeling it's gonna. there's going to have to be some, it's gonna have to be uh, some turnovers caused uh, yeah. in, in there, whether I mean, that be sure interceptions or fumbles. But He'll have more, you know, and, and you know, we, we, sure. we talked about it because we saw on Twitter where, uh, you know, somebody was saying that the, the, the Buck safety, the, no, the Seattle Seahawks safeties are better than both those guys. And I was like, oh, my goodness, there's a, an epidemic of drugs that are going on in Seattle because that doesn't make any sense. That's Jimmy true, Ward's though. That's, that's, not, true. that's not that's not false, but yeah. Yeah, that's a yeah. true statement. Oh, it is. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah. So uh, Jimmy Ward, though, is like, you know, they're talking about Jamal Adams and whoever it is. And Jamal Adams is spinning around like a top trying to cover Stephon Diggs and, and Julian Edelman's cooking him. And Jimmy Ward is clamping Robert Woods on the outside. He's clamping yeah. Cooper Cup in the slot, uh, your, your favorite tight end. So, again, turnovers are one thing. But when you throw the ball and it's a pass breakup or you can't throw the ball to one of your receivers because your free safety is locking them up. All right. It's not a turnover, but come mm-hmm. on, like that flexibility. You guys have to start to understand what you can do with that. You can send more guys and you can just leave him on the island. And in a pinch, if God forbid something happens to K1 Williams, you can play slot. Yeah. I don't know why you even mess around with anybody else at this point. No. Do you think that that again, in order for those safeties to earn a Pro Bowl or All Pro uh, designation, do you see the 49ers playing more too high this year than they did uh, in previous years? See, I don't know about that because in the in the preseason, right, they were running single high with Hufanga, and uh, they ran too high when they were doing their installs. And this is what I wanted to talk about when you were talking about the pass rush and it being a little bit more um, aggressive. Mm-hmm. Was the fronts that they were showing with D'Amico? They had they had D Ford at the four tech. They had, uh, you know, Kevin Gibbons outside. So they weren't just messing around with just Bosa and Ford on, on, on one side and just sending them to go. I think that, they're, like, you're going to see exotic fronts. You're going to see much more pressure. And those things are going to lead to quarterbacks either getting the ball tipped or rushing their passes. And all that stuff is going to, you know, they're going to be playing a lot of man on the back end. That's another thing that I noticed, too, where we're, like, mm-hmm. that's the reason that Trey Lance was running off on them on all those zone reads. They had their backs turned, and he was just, you know, gashing them from run after run after run. But um, I think they'll have a lot more turnover-worthy chances because – when they were running four with Sala, it would just be sacks. They would just get sacks, and it would just be four, and everybody would just be covered. But if they're trying to get things out because they notice single, right? They have single. You have the look that you mm-hmm. want, but there's six guys coming at you now. That's when the problems will happen. That's when you see balls go up in the air, fall down into people's hands, and and uh, you'll see a change in that. Mm. Like Beautiful. It. Well, Tim, Brian, we always appreciate you guys coming on. Uh, there's always a spot for you guys. So just, just text us. You have our numbers now. I finally see you guys' yeah. numbers, so I know who's who. <laughs> I can't. I can't wait to see you guys at the home opener. I really can't. Are you guys We're going excited. out? Wait, 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 wait. You guys going out? We'll be out there. Well, are you guys going out Sunday? Because I'm going out Saturday. It just uh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, because I'm going out Saturday for just just to hang out. Because I'm not going to the game or anything. I'm going to go out Saturday so then I can enjoy my Sunday watching football all day and all that stuff. And I get to see that guy. So uh, that's Everybody, the uh, that's the, I mean, that's the hope. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, Tim, Brian, I'll let you guys discuss amongst one another real quick who gets to plug all the stuff you guys have. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming there's an alpha in here somewhere. <laughs> that guy, that guy's better with the words. Brian should take it. Speaking of uh, speaking of alphas, uh, just real quick, did you see uh, Brandon Belt? Brandon Belt, yes. That's exactly why the I used the word alpha. That's exactly why I used the word alpha. I loved it. I love I love Brandon Belt. Anyway, 
uh yeah denim dungeon podcast uh we are on twitter you see my handle up there at brenick 77 tim is easy it's at tim sprinkles uh denim dungeon is at denim dungeon and then you can find the denim dungeon podcast on all of your favorite podcast subscriptions there you go so you know where to find them now pretty simple you know where to find jason and i Maybe one day you'll know where to find Don Burr if he follows me on Twitter because I <laughs> want to follow him still. Uh, Jason Aponte, as we end all these podcasts, as always. Let's go Niners and the Yankees stink. No one circles the wagons like the San Francisco 49ers. With the third pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the San Francisco 49ers select Trey Lance, quarterback. Oh my God, it's Trey Lance! It is oh. oh! They did the right thing. They drafted the bigger, stronger, more athletic, significantly higher upside in Trey Lance. Yeah, I'm relieved that they draft Trey Lance because none of us, at least I'll speak for myself, we couldn't wrap our minds around taking Mac Jones. Why are they doing that? It seems like a Jimmy, just cheaper and younger. It's If you break up with your long-term girlfriend, you don't find someone who's exactly the same. You're going to find yourself a freak. And I think that they did. You're saying if you're breaking up with that person, go find yourself a freak. Mm-hmm. Go find somebody that can spice it up. Mm-hmm. And that's what they did. Fifty Shades of Trey. This might be the true love of Kyle Shanahan. They arrived at the right guy, which was Trey Lance competitive instincts out the wazoo i love the player and it's a hell of a quarterback and this is someone that i believe in and uh, i want to go to work with hey trey lance what's going on you ready to do this thing man welcome welcome to the 49ers buddy it's gonna be trey lance so we'll go into the end zone touchdown san francisco